0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the fourth episode of the Data Literates Podcast. In our podcast, we bring you real stories from real data literates around the world. My name is Milad Togliatti, My name is Jerry Damaso, And we're your hosts. It's great to be back. We plan to be releasing more episodes more frequently. Please, as always, be kind and share and subscribe to our channel, both on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Today, we're speaking with Simon Bulmar. Simon is the co-founder and head of consulting at Mission Drive. Mission Drive is a specialist data literacy and digital marketing consultancy. Prior to Mission Drive, Simon was the data skills consultant and the head of the learning program at the Open Data Institute. Without further ado, I invite you to my conversation with Simon.
1: I'm Simon Bulmore. I'm the co-founder of Mission Drive. We're a small consultancy That focuses on the data ecosystem. Um, We help organizations grow and we help businesses take their first steps with data. So sometimes that's about data skills, sometimes that's about data strategy. Um, Prior to founding Mission Drive, I worked for four years at the Open Data Institute for Tim Berners-Lee, who's the uh, founder of the web, or the inventor of the web, as he'd uh, more accurately say. Uh, Actually, on his LinkedIn profile, he calls himself a web developer, which is I think quite nice. Um, uh, At the Open Data Institute, I looked after the learning program. So effectively what we're trying to do is help the world understand how to innovate with data uh, and particularly how the open approach can create more value from data. Um, So I've always been interested in kind of uh, how to engage people around data, how to start that conversation, but also what are the things that allow people to take their first steps because it's often the first step That's most difficult to take. And that's particularly true of data skills.
2: Fantastic. Uh, How did you get into
1: all of this? Is there any specific (laughs) story there? (laughs) (laughs) So, how did I get into that? Well, I was working in the open source community for a while. I've always been involved in tech and learning. And I heard that the Open Data Institute was setting up a learning program. I wanted to get involved, and I was. really lucky to, to, to do that. Um, so I've always, but my background is actually as a business psychologist, and I've been particularly interested in how systems and people change. Uh, change is one of the things that we find really difficult to do as humans, even though we're really adaptive and we learn quickly. Uh, and so actually understanding the basis in which change can happen is something that's always fascinated me. So kind of what motivates people to do things. Uh, and then, I just love the potential that data has for our society, and you know particularly how it's influencing how things are changing now and so I think those two things make data a really exciting uh, sector to be working in because there's this crossover between the potential but also the fear and so there are some big changes coming along, and I see one of my missions as helping those change changes be positive and helping people navigate their way through it.
2: Awesome. Uh that's actually very interesting cuz a lot of times when we uh, talk about data literacy um a lot of people just uh you know consider it from a skill set development and they totally ignore hmm. this whole change management aspect of it and like changing in behavior yeah. uh particularly because data is boring for a lot of people.
0: So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I get that. Um, I still haven't quite cracked how to explain the importance of this to my mother. Um, always one of my ambitions. But um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And it's certainly one of the things that we we try and focus on in our conversations. And, and I, I, I still continue to work with the Open Taste Institute. And what you just picked up on is one of the big things that people tend not to address So when people think about data, they tend to think about the technical skills, the data science skills, things like machine learning, um, hardcore programming, that sort of thing. And yes, businesses and organisations need that. We need that as a society. But actually, perhaps the toughest thing to do is to think differently about how you might operate your business, how you might work differently with your suppliers, those sorts of things. Um, And so while the technology is important to address absolutely the behaviors are the things that really make a difference it's um, one of the reasons why we looked at things like gamification as a way of addressing yeah
2: them. so um, what, what is the solution is it is it gamification is it games uh, what do we do that people uh, you know get more and more motivated about the value of the data and I think it's uh, very interesting because I don't think like uh, we need to explain the value of the data and create awareness anymore, because it's kind of like the obvious, uh, you know that okay, data is important and you have to make uh, data-driven decisions. Yeah. I mean, maybe two three years ago, yeah. uh, we had to do that first, you know, in each uh, you know company meeting or each client meeting, and say, oh, data is important. Netflix is using it. Google is using it, and you should also use data heavily to <laughs> be better. But I think yeah. it, right now everybody knows that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree with what you're saying. The only thing I perhaps I'd add to that is that I I still think that argument needs to be won in that people see the difference and the disruption that data um, is creating. So they look at Netflix, they look at Uber, which are effectively businesses built on data infrastructure. But there's still a bit of people putting their head in the sand, I think, and saying, you know, that disruption is not going to affect me. So, so yes, I, I, I would suggest that most business leaders, most managers and most people working um, see that data is the thing that is going to change or, or has already changed uh, their work. Uh, but whether everybody has sort of shifted from that knowledge to actually taking action is something that I still have, have some concerns about. Um, and I think people, you know, people put forward the classic range of reasons. You know, oh, it won't happen to us, or someone else is going to deal with that, or I don't know what to do. So, so, so those sorts of fear-led type responses, I think, are still really out Yeah, and
2: by the way, uh, on the show and generally, when me and Jerry we talk, uh, we believe in this concept of uh, intellectual disagreement. So we disagree with each other a lot of times. So I would. Definitely appreciate okay, it if cool. we do that here too. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's totally cool. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, totally. Um, it, uh, so I, 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 I don't disagree that people know that data is shifting things, um, but I still see, and we still see a lot of people perhaps not taking that knowledge into action. Um, and so that's one of the things that we try and do as a business um, is to help Particularly, business leaders take those first steps. Um, So sometimes it's a bit of coaching, and sometimes it is some some skills. But there's and sometimes it's a game, (laughs) which is why sort of gamification I think is interesting because it it helps open up that discussion perhaps a bit more easily.
2: Right. So let's talk about that. Um, In your experience um, with data police or basically gamification, um, how do you think people react to it, or like from an outcome perspective? Um, do you think, I mean, because there are a lot of arguments about, around gamification, uh, whether it's uh, going to be successful even in theory or not. And uh, I mean, it's not a new concept. It's really old. And we have seen a lot of uh, implementations of it here and there. Yeah. Uh, but like in the world of data, um, what do you think about um, using using gamification in games?
1: Yeah. Well, I would suggest there's a difference between gamification of the learning process and playing games. Um, So, you know, gamification is things, I know it's not just this, but things like, you know, giving people a badge and a little reward, um, little quizzes just to keep them moving along a journey. Um, Datopolis is literally a game that you play. um, And the reason that we felt that it was important to develop a game, and uh, it was Jenny Tennyson, who's the current CEO, of the ODI who really led this and uh, led the creation of the game was precisely for the reasons that we were talking about earlier, which is that sometimes people don't know where to get started. They don't know how to engage in with data. So, you know, data is quite abstract. Um, You were saying earlier, data is quite boring sometimes to some people. So how do you bring this to life? But also, perhaps more importantly, the game is focused on bringing some really important data concepts to life. And again, these are concepts that can feel quite abstract.
2: Right. So, um, in your so, what, yeah, let's uh, let's discuss the uh, the story behind it. Is that um, how, how did you guys? Uh, I'm sure you were uh, one of the uh, people who were involved in designing the game, right?
1: Um... Yeah. Well, I helped. I contributed to the development, so okay. like the testing, the feedback. Um, but, but 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 it was Journey Tennyson. Um, who's the CEO of the Open Data Institute? Um, and Ellen Broad, who's um, an AI researcher, um, an author. Um, they were big gamers, and they were trying to just solve that problem. You know, how do you bring people in and show that data's fun, that data can contribute interesting things, that actually some of the concepts, when you get to experience them, they, perhaps they do need a bit of a shift in your mindset, but actually most people can grasp them. Um, and when I talk about sort of abstract concepts, one of the concepts that we were particularly interested in was this idea that you can, by working with data more openly, you can create more value and you can win <laughs> while still collaborating with other people. So it's kind of like, it's not a zero sum game. And that's really one of the key dynamics of Datopolis, is that, uh, and the one that we were really keen to explore was this idea of, Trying to win at something while creating value for broader society and the economy. Um, and so in Datopolis, players have to try and build, and by building more things, they get to win the game. But as a group, the players have to collaborate to maintain the health of the fictional town that Datopolis is set in called Sheridan. So if they don't collaborate and the health and the wealth of the town diminishes, nobody wins and the game's over. Um, but you if they do collaborate while still building things competitively, then, um, the you know, someone can win and someone can can be successful. And that was a really important dynamic for us. But the other things that it, it illustrates are concepts like the fact that people talk about data infrastructure in terms of systems and servers and that kind of stuff, which is true. But data is the infrastructure that services and ecosystems are built on. So those kinds of sort of abstract things people get to experience by playing the game. And those are things that perhaps people couldn't experience unless they spent, you know, months or maybe even years working um, with data and working with it to sort of deliver businesses or to to deliver a business model or to develop products.
2: Oh, sounds good. I mean, uh, these are really interesting concepts because... I think with the whole idea of data literacy, one of the key things, as you mentioned, is that collaboration and removing the silos in an organization.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
2: Because, uh, I mean, traditionally, uh, it's like um, IT business relationship. And then, like, with the whole concept of self-service, it it was another shape of, uh, you know, kind of creating silos that, well, you have the tool and go and figure it out, you know. But, well, I I have to. You know, collaborate with a whole bunch of people from different areas, from data architects to um, you know my business user. And if I'm an analyst, I need to you know talk to my um, executives. And you know it's it's a, it's definitely a, a team effort yeah. and collaborative.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can agree more, and that's one of the reasons why I dislike this notion of data as the new oil, because <laughs> you know oil is a finite resource, but data's data becomes more valuable the more people use it. Um, So it's not a resource that diminishes, it's a resource that increases in value. And collaboration is key in that. And that, going back to what we were talking about earlier about um, mindset, that collaborative mindset is absolutely crucial. And how you facilitate collaboration is often by making data more open or more shareable. But, you know, that's why often the mindset needs to come before the technology that allows things to happen. And that's one of the things that people experience when they play Datopolis is, They can collaborate, but they can still build stuff for themselves, if you see what I mean. Um, So that's one of the things that's really cool about
2: it. Very interesting. Well, I I told you that I ordered the game. Uh, I think I'll have it early, well, in three or four days. So I'm very excited to open the box and see what's inside. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, well, we use it for... um, So at the Data Literacy Conference that I'm attending Mm -hmm. next week, um, we'll be explaining to people... Some of the concepts that we've been talking about today so kind of how the game came about and why we think it's important in terms of addressing this mindset and cultural shift that's really important with data Um, but also be playing it with people and then getting their feedback and getting their thoughts and so that's that's great perhaps yeah I think that's probably the most valuable thing about the game is that it allows people to kind of explore behaviors and explore new things and then it's quite fun so there's lots of laughter the game requires negotiations so there's lots of sort of discussion as well but it's the discussion afterwards that's you know really really interesting so kind of oh wow when this happens and you know why was that and oh i did this and you said this and those sorts of things and and so those discussions form the then tend to naturally progress onto okay well what does this mean for me what does this mean for my business what does this mean for my sector and so it that safe experience and that safe environment where we're playing, so everyone knows we're playing, but then that allows people to be a bit more free in their discussion. I think that's probably one of the most powerful things about it, actually.
2: That's actually another good point that you brought up, because I think uh, another barrier for people uh, normally in the world of data literacy, we consider is the uh, insecurities, that people don't feel safe uh, working with the data and of course if there's a game that they can just you know express their uh, thoughts and experiment without uh, losing any uh, actual um, you know monetary value so that would be great so i think yeah this is
1: yeah there is so because going because so let me start again because people understand that data is changing their world there is really that massive imposter syndrome out there. So people, particularly leaders, feel they should know more about this. And very often we find, I don't know if you find this, that sometimes leaders can't even give you like a good definition of what data actually is and how it's being used in their organisation. So those fundamental things create real barriers because people feel they should know this stuff. So that's one of the reasons why they push it away. So, so again, that's why game is such a good way of, opening up that conversation and very often I find myself before I facilitate a game just going over those basic concepts just to kind of address perhaps some of that those misgivings but I, I also find that imposter syndrome this idea that kind of we all feel that we're not as expert as the people around us is such a big thing in the data sector but people really undervalue actually what they really know um, and it's one of the things I'd love to to help more people with because Actually, we're all experts in our own right. It's just we've got different skill sets.
2: That's so true. Yeah, I think uh, even like yeah, definition of simple things, people may have uh, you know trouble uh, understanding those. And uh, again, it it goes back yeah. to the insecurities that they may sit in a you know uh, meeting and they're just nodding and you know saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I I get that, <laughs> of course," but they have yeah. no idea what's going on, and that yeah. kind of builds up. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. I mean, for anyone pitching, anyone who's sort of listening, who's pitching data services, I would never underestimate the value of really addressing some basic things, but in obviously a very considerate, mindful way. Um, So, you know, how is data used to deliver value? You know, those sorts of very fundamental things are still really important messages for anyone who considers themselves an expert to share with people, Um, particularly if that data is a different form of data let's say it's open data so data anyone can access or use or share then helping people understand what the route to value is whether it's a business model of products or a service or cost savings is, is is really important and sometimes that explanation will necessarily mean need to include you know what is data what do we mean by data and what do we mean by the different forms of data and what is the actual physical approach for doing things?
2: Right. So uh, my couple of last questions would be, uh, so we covered the how, we covered the what, we covered the uh, the why. Uh, so what is, who is the who is the audience for the game?
1: I love that question. It's one that I'm asked regularly because it's like Datopolis, who's it for? Um, well, genuinely, it's a fun game. You could just pitch it as a fun game. So, uh, a group of us actually played this with the, I'm going to say general public, but it was basically visitors to the Science Museum in London for an evening uh, event that they run. So it's, its uh, you know, so just people just turned up and had a really good time and learned some stuff, but also had fun. So anyone can play it, which is, shows that it's a good game in its own right. Um, but the people that I felt it's been really useful for are leaders in particular, so addressing that imposter syndrome, helping them have a discussion with each other in an open environment. Wow, I've seen some amazing things happen when when we do that. Um, and actually, as part of broader kind of team meetings, so uh, bringing a bunch of people together to think about perhaps data literacy. Well, let's start with a game. You know, let's play a game. And again, it's just a fun way to add a bit of energy, but also for us to learn together and maybe have some useful discussion.
2: Do you bring, uh, for example, executives to that game? Or have you?
1: So when I've played with executives, I tend to play as a closed group. So it's like, just because, you know, I want to just make them feel comfortable that they're kind of with each other and with their peers. But I've, yeah, we've played it with very mixed groups. Like I said, we've played it with the general public. Um, It depends what you want to do. And again, that's the nice thing about a game is you can play it as a pure game or you can run it as more of a facilitated session. So, you know, if you want to let's focus on strategy, you might play the game and then you might pick out from observations of how people have played, what the different strategies were and what that actually meant for both the health of the system, but also for the people that perhaps didn't do so well or did, did do well and what the opinions of each other were so so yeah it can be uh adapted and, and used in lots of different ways
2: sounds good and uh what does the game or you suggest any next steps after the game
1: it suggests exploring more that's it but so, so, so again this comes down to how you want to play it and so what i would always suggest is that people play the game a bit themselves perhaps with their work colleagues Um, if you've got an understanding friends set of friends and family um like i do you can inflict it on them as well but kind of you know get used to the dynamic played a bit more there are different variations that you can play um and then i think naturally you can then adapt it to your work so um you might want to use it as an icebreaker or you might want to use it as a way of broaching something perhaps a bit more serious, like data strategy. So, okay, we've played this. What does this mean for our data strategy? You know, how, do, how should we go about doing things? Um, if you feel that you're obviously able to facilitate that discussion. So, so there is some flexibility. Um, there are some limitations as well. Um, it's not a perfect replica of a data ecosystem um, because it's a game, but... Um, there are some good concepts that it illustrates. And, and another example might be, you might use it just to illustrate some basic concepts. What is data? How is data used to build services? What are the different sorts of data? What are the different ways that data can be used? Um, you know, basic data concepts like data infrastructure and collaboration and that kind of thing.
2: I love the fact that you played the game with your family and friends. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs>
1: They're very long-suffering. <laughs> but this is one of the things that landed a bit better because it was like, oh, no, here we go again. What's this What's This <laughs> intriguing thing that Simon says is going to be fun that ends up being a bit dull? <laughs> but, um,
2: do, do you have a, a lot of these uh, projects that you bring to friends and family? I've done quite yeah. a few
1: things in my life. And before, <laughs> I, I had a couple of years out um, selling socks online. As an e-commerce venture, which was quite successful but quite difficult as well, perhaps one of the best learning experiences I've had, sort of being a sock startup. Um, So yeah, they 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 um, had to sort of look at lots of sock designs. But yeah, um, Datopolis. It's interesting, actually. It's interesting you say that because um, when I took Datopolis home and first played it with friends and family, people would be like, "Oh no, this isn't more of your." Boring data stuff, Simon. Is it? (laughs) Um, But then, when you get the game out, it's glossy, it looks good, and you start to play. And uh, in uh, one of the key dynamics of the game is a bit of negotiation, which can be quite fun um, and can get quite (laughs) what's the word passionate. Um, So people enjoy themselves, and you know, I think that's. to, To be honest, I think that is. I keep saying that's the most important thing of the game, but having fun. While doing some stuff that you're learning about data, that's got to be good for most people.
2: Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, I think you answered my next question too, uh, which was about um, the outcomes of the game and what feedback you get from people normally when they play the game.
1: So, yeah, let me think about it a second. The feedback, I mean, especially, uh, yeah. especially like
2: yeah. At the enterprise, when you like, um, you know, suggest the game, and of course, like, you know, it, it, all the reasons for doing the game are, uh, you know, really good. Yeah. But like, I'm I'm interested to know like what happens after the game, um, you know, well, in terms of like, you know, are are change agents more enabled to
1: absolutely you know, teach
2: their ideas better? Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, so so the feedback that we get from players is, wow, that was fun oh, right, okay, people have been talking to me about data infrastructure, I get now what that means and how that could play out in practice. So that kind of light bulb moment happens for lots of people and that, as a facilitator, um, is perhaps the thing that you want most. But then the feedback from the people that have maybe commissioned it or asked you to come in, and generally these are people who are leading change programs or they're leading a data project, is that was great, I've got their attention or that was really good. It opened up discussions about things we've been having difficulty discussing. So those, the, the, fir- the that first outcome of people getting something or you know a, a, a light bulb going off, that's awesome. But the additional currency that change people have of perhaps bringing in something that's a bit different but also does provoke some useful learning and perhaps more importantly, useful discussion, that for me, I think are, are, are the best outcomes.
2: Awesome. Uh, well, I mean, I think uh, this was a fantastic conversation. I I definitely enjoyed it. You're a very interesting person doing interesting stuff. Thank so I, I'm a fan.
1: <laughs> well, I I kind of, I, I've never architected my career path, but I've always been open to like interesting things like, you know, interesting opportunities. And uh, Datopolis has been the thing that has really been one of the most rewarding things to be involved with. And, um, you know, to get to go in and play a game with people, but also to have valuable conversations is just such an awesome thing. And, and again, it, I think it just comes. Kind of, you, you, you were talking earlier about the importance of thinking about data projects often as change. I, think, I don't know if I, if I paraphrased that correctly. Sure. Yeah. Um, sometimes you need something that catches people's attention and generate some enthusiasm because data can seem quite dry, you know we have to kind of acknowledge that, even if you're a data enthusiast, not everyone is so so things that can catalyze some change with a bit of excitement and a bit of learning are really, really useful and there are other there are other things out there, I'm sure, but Datopolis, I feel has been one of the things that's worked best.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think you mentioned the uh, the word fun a lot of times, mm. and I think that's that's uh, that's a key thing at work. I mean, let's let's make work fun, and mm. instead of uh, yeah. <laughs> you know having a workplace that is boring, and I mean, I think the whole thing also helps the employee experience, and this is one of the things that me and Jerry are big fans. Yeah, when we talk about data strategies too.
1: Yeah, and and that. You know, people like to, like, as humans, we like to play, we like to compete, you know, we like to tease each other. and so, But that can be quite difficult to recreate sometimes in work environments and to make it feel safe, particularly if you've got different levels of people coming together. Um, so, so that's why games in general are, are, are a great way uh, of addressing that. Um, you know, and if, if I'm playing in a, you know, like a team environment, let's say sometimes, like, you know, I've sort of come to people's lunch breaks and that kind of thing. And and being around for that, you know, I can bring like sort of, you know, some treats or something as prizes or something a bit silly, you know, nothing of value as yet anyway. But, um, you know, like a yo-yo or something fun as a prize, because that sort of adds a bit of edge (laughs) to the competition.
2: Yeah, sounds good. Well, I know that we uh, ran over the time, uh, but it was uh, such a fantastic conversation that I think uh, I definitely enjoyed it.
1: That's Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, so Simon, if uh, people want to find you, uh, what is the best way to find you and talk to you about Data police or your projects? Or...
1: So our website is missiondrive.io or you can find us on Twitter at mymissiondrive. Okay, perfect. Thank you and thanks for the opportunity. To, uh, I I'm, I'm, I love talking about Datopolis, as you can probably tell. So I'm sorry. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, I'll, uh, I'll uh, look forward to talking to Jerry, but please reach out if, if, if you feel um, we can help or give you any advice. We'd, we'd, um, we'd love to continue the conversation.
0: All right, fellow data literates, this was our episode for the week. Hope you enjoyed it. As always, please share and subscribe so you can catch us next week too. This episode is sponsored by the Data Literacy Foundation. You can find their website at dataliteracyfoundation.org.